0: I'm Allie. And I'm Gabby. And we're real-life sober BFs exploring spirituality, social issues, all things sobriety, and staying present in a
1: world full of distractions. Come join us on this journey. We've been waiting
0: for you. And a quick disclaimer that the content that you will hear today is definitely not suitable for the office and not okay for children. Hey, welcome to My Sober BFF. This is Gabby. And this is Allie. What's up?
1: What's going on? How are you today? Dude, I'm literally laying in bed. We just got back from Houston and I'm like... I just need, you know, like when you go on vacation and then you're supposed to be relaxing the whole time, but then you need a vacation from vacation. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) That's how I feel right now. But I'm here with you. So it's
0: basically like a vacation. What do you mean? I I wouldn't say it's that great to hang out with me on the phone, but you know. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I just woke up and... Wanted to take a shower this morning, didn't get to you, so here I am. That's why you guys won't be seeing video today, because, like, (laughs) we're both on the struggle bus right now.
1: (laughs) It'd be like that sometimes.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so... uh,
1: What do you want to talk about today?
0: So before we get started, I pulled a card for today, and um, I pulled The Hanged Man, which feels so perfect. Like...
1: Yeah, I mean, like, first of all, I mean, anytime I get the hangman, I'm like, okay, then, like, just let me in the face. Um, But especially, like, with what what we wanted to talk about today, too. Um, But you're the guru, so you, what's your background whenever you pull the hangman? What do you typically think about?
0: So, uh, I want to asterisk that that I'm not the uh, tarot guru but I'm learning <laughs> <Interesting> <laughs> to me, a novice. But, um, the- but for me when I pull the heading demand it just is telling me to uh, just like surrender which by the way is my word for 2020 and the entire decade so also like so perfectly timed for me but it's just to take a minute like just release and realize that like the situation that you're in right now you've created all of this for yourself and that's not to say that there's like any negativity or judgment surrounding that but that you just need to acknowledge and hold yourself accountable for where you are right now like you've put yourself here and what you're going to be facing are the consequences of where you've come so stop resisting stop feeling like you need to continue to control this situation stop feeling like you need to keep Um, I like to think of it as like layering masks. So sometimes instead of dealing with stuff, we like to just put on a mask and like, you know, using the context of this podcast for us, it was drinking or drugs, you know, that was our mask. So this, this card for me is saying like, take off these masks, come step into this in your full, you know, as your full authentic self and realize that there's freedom in doing that. And you're allowed to like, recognize your circumstances maybe you know even feel sad about that but know that you don't have to be stuck here and that when you move forward it might feel like you've completely like lost your shit that you're just completely off the rails but you're gonna feel good at the end of all of that like it's all going to work out the way that it should but it's all gonna start with accepting where you are accepting the circumstances knowing that you are the reason that you are where you are right now. And that you have the power to surrender and move forward.
1: Yeah. I mean, like, so I just recently got the hanged man. Um, I've been um, kind of getting into using divination tools on the daily just to like strengthen my intuition and also um, be able to like really find something to focus on each day in my own like self improvement. So with that being said, like I got the hanged man and Um, at that time, it was really like a cause, it it was like a call for me to pause. And so that's like really even now um, what you're talking about and then like exactly what you're saying. And then also like that pausing aspect, like with the theme that we're getting ready to talk about with like the top three things that have changed, you know, getting sober. I think that pause um, and surrender um would have had i been had I done those things, I might not have hung on to the bottle as long you know what I mean um, yeah because for me it was. I, I lived a really quick life and it it kind of reminds me of this too, because not everybody that listens to this is going to have, you know, an issue with drugs or alcohol, right? Like some people just want to hear about spirituality. Some people want to hear about social issues. Some people are like our moms. Hi moms. (laughs) But like some people might not have those problems. Right. But like, I feel like one of the biggest problems in life right now is everybody is like busy is a badge of honor, right? Like everybody wants to be busy. Everybody wants to have a full calendar. Everybody wants this and wants that. Like, you know, like wants to have roles and responsibilities and obligations, blah, blah, blah. But like being busy and getting stuff done is two different things, right? Like you can be busy and then you can get shit done. And like, I think both of us know that because both of us have been, like on both sides of this and so like I really feel like when you get the hanged man or when you when you really call when you have really challenged yourself to sit in the hanged man energy it causes you to either you choose or the universe chooses to like be like whoa bro we're gonna slow our roll we're gonna yep. figure like we need to get our bearings right now real quick because shit some type of shit ain't ain't uh ain't adding up around here so like yeah. let's get our bearings let's be brave enough to get our bearings let's figure out what's working what's not working what could be working if we spend a little bit more time on it but let's get the fuck off the hamster wheel and like really look at this shit yeah and so for me when I see the hangman, especially with this topic um dealing with sobriety and what changes like if I had really sat in that uncomfortability of surrendering for the first time, of you know pausing for the first time, of letting go, of really, of really doing an honest evaluation of where I was in my life, my happiness, my actions, etc., had I done that, or even—and I'm not saying like jump right in, because remember I'm the girl that like read the whole big book for AA. and when <laughs> I was like, Hey totally healed if you want me to run like a group I can I'm available on Mondays and Wednesday nights you know like (laughs) you you don't even have a 24-hour chip like slow down but like that was my thing I always wanted to stay so busy because it is uncomfortable as fuck slowing down yeah and absolutely yeah so like for me anyways like I just feel like this is just saying like Yo, nobody's saying that you need to turn into an AA old timer tomorrow. Nobody's saying that you need to fucking drop the booze today for good, forever. You know, like nobody's saying that in this conversation that we're having right now. We're just saying maybe, maybe, you know, stop all the distractions, sit with us, chat with us, and hear what we're saying and be open to... That pause in your life and be open to getting support during that pause, too. You know what
0: I mean? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's a great segue into the first. Um, topic here. So today we are talking about the three big things that have changed, at least for us, since becoming sober. And um, this first topic actually was also part of this was was sent in by a listener. They gave it as a topic that they wanted to talk about. And it's mental health. And specifically the listener wanted to talk about um, depression surrounding sobriety. And so I wanted to um, I'll share briefly like my experience and then I would love to hear yours because we're going to have two totally different perspectives since I'm new, really new in my sobriety seven months, but very exciting. Uh, and you've just celebrated two years. So, um, we're going to have a little bit of a different perspective. And, um, I think that's going to be great for people to hear as well. So for me, um, mental health, specifically talking about depression and, and how that has looked for me. Uh, since I was addicted to many different things, not just alcohol, um, when I first sort of started on my journey of feeling like I was drinking too much and knowing that alcohol was a problem for me, um, it was really easy for me to just kind of shift into something else, right? So like I'm, I also have a food addiction and so i would just right. eat more when i wasn't drinking there was no there was no real break in like not using something as a coping mechanism and so um, i had weight loss surgery which took away my ability to use food as a coping mechanism and <laughs> and like, i
1: know that we're going to go through this but like i have a serious question because you and i have never talked about this like yeah did you know that when you had wls did you know how much of a emotion or what first of all was it an emotional and mental shocker and two if it was obviously because you had to change your habits or re- really truly recognize the habits that you once had was it did it fucking rock your world
0: dude so for the first like two months after surgery, I, first of all, like when you lose weight rapidly, your, your fat in your body holds on to old hormones. So uh-huh. all of the trauma and stuff that I, like all of the cortisol that had been released in my body, all of that stuff was just sitting in the fat that was on my body. So not only did I no longer have my coping mechanism <laughs> in food, right. but I was, I was experiencing all of these additional emotions. So yes, it was rocky as fuck. I was like, why did I do this? And the worst part about that for me during that time, while I was experiencing that, was knowing that it was not, not reversible. So I yeah. was stuck with this decision I had made. And I regretted the fuck out of it for like eight weeks. Um, yeah. And then like I mentioned in my solo episode, uh, I went back to drinking and I went fucking crazy. Remember like two summers ago? <laughs> like I was yeah. drinking back, like at, like not just drinking one time and then like not having control. I was back drinking like every day. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, it was hard. It was super emotional. And, and because I went to Mexico, I didn't do my surgery in the United States where they typically make you do six to eight months to maybe a year of counseling services and follow-ups with a doctor and making sure that your mental health is in a place that you're ready to like take on this challenge. I didn't have all that leading up to it because I went to Mexico. So, um, the, I definitely felt the lack of support. So for anybody who might be considering that, I mean, in, in any journey that you're taking where you are letting go of something that you might be using as a coping mechanism, I cannot stress enough how important it is to have some sort of support system, whether that is um, a friend or, you know, like a friend who's gone through something that, similar so that you guys can relate to each other or having a partner that can understand what you're going through if you're already, you know, with someone or um, finding a therapist or counselor who is able to walk you through that journey. Um, or even, you know, if you're working with healthcare professionals that are trained to be able to help you through that, like support community, all of that so important or you will yeah. just completely drive yourself mad. Right. So, um, so yeah, I mean, but that was my process of grieving with, uh, <laughs> with the food. And I, I, right before I had my surgery too, it was just like, um, the experiences that some people have before they go into rehab, rather than cutting back on my intake and being like, "Okay, I'm about to undertake this surgery. Let me start. Let me set myself up in the healthiest way possible to undertake this." No, I had. Yeah, fucking, no, you're like,
1: give me fucking everything.
0: Yes, I had like fucking um, food funerals for like weeks. I'm supposed mm-hmm. to be fasting, and I'm like, "Oh my god, I'm never going to be able to eat pizza again." I'm going to eat two whole fucking pizzas right now. Mm-hmm. Like it was terrible. <laughs> like it was so bad. And I, as I'm doing it, I'm thinking like, this is, I literally thought to myself, this is what people do before they go to rehab and they get really fucking high before they go in. Like, but I just can't stop. Like I need to eat all of this. It was intense. Yeah. I mean, so, it's that,
1: I, I can imagine that. I mean, it's that scarcity mindset of like, I'm, that's why I could never put down the bottle, though. Is that same yeah. thing? Like I, can't, I'm never doing this again. Like holy shit! Like I have two years of sobriety, and I still like on most days I'm like, yeah, I'm good. Like I'm good without that. I could, like, I could never see myself doing that again. But like using that type of language is so limiting and yes, scary. Never yeah. is so, girl. You don't know what'll happen. Like, like in in don't, to even today. Never mind a year from now, ten years from now. So yeah, I tell people like I really love the freedom that I have, and I couldn't imagine ever giving it up again. But I'm also not like signing a blood cr- contract that says I'm never gonna drink again,
0: because yeah. to me
1: that really sets that takes away the beauty of the right now. Yeah, for me. And it, like, it breaks the trust in myself because, like, my sobriety has been a journey of, like, self-love and self-trust, and so even having to utter those words really just breaks down that trust that I've been trying to build. So random side note, but anyway, I hate (laughs) when people do that. I mean, I get why they do that, but it's like, oh, why do we do this to ourselves? Like, no, this is such terrible, limiting language.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, and that could feel overwhelming. Who wants to carry around never forever? Like, no. Yeah. <laughs> That's heavy. So, uh, so yeah, that was my experience with, you know, letting go of, not even just letting go because I, I almost intentionally forced myself away from that. It was something that I had control over and I could literally be like, I can make this something that I can no longer do. I can't like make alcohol not be in my presence anymore. You know what I mean? And I can't like take out my body's ability to process alcohol, (laughs) but I could do that with food. And so, um, but I, I also went about that in such a way that I did not, I was not prepared for the mental ramifications. And I think that that goes for anybody who's in active addiction and is thinking about, you know, stopping whatever substance they're using to cope. (laughs) Once you get to the point, um, where, You make that decision, like, I can't do this anymore. For my own self, for me to be able to live, I have to make this change. There comes, like, the after. And after can look like so many things, but, um, like, I just share what it looked like for me with food. The grieving, the feeling like I had lost, I had lost just, like, a best friend like it was literally like I had lost somebody close to me, like they had died and they were gone. And then I could never, ever experience a relationship with them again.
1: That's what it felt like
0: when I let go of food. And I I think for people who, I almost want to say that if I had to say that something had a bigger pull on me than anything else, it would be food because food was something that I could use from the time I was like, born basically. Right. And it's like always ever available to you. Alcohol wasn't something I had when I was like five years old, but I definitely had food.
1: Well, and foods like, that's why that addiction is just so intricate because like, I mean, I mean, I remember when you went through your phase of like looking down on everyone who even touched alcohol, like I feel like after Victor was born and like, at least that was my perception where you're like, I don't drink anymore. Like I'm about this baby. And like, obviously it was just your own coping mechanism of like, you were just trying to, to build a life that was better. Like it was all, you know what I mean? That, that was better than the one that you had. And therefore a lot of times when we go through that, it's like, okay, Like, I know that I don't want to live the same life as this person, so I'm going to do the exact opposite of every, or I'm not going to do the things that they did. So I, but I remember, like, you being like that, like, oh, alcohol is, like, so terrible. But then, like, you remember (laughs) the cake situation?
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm making
1: an entire fucking cake. And then ate the whole thing and literally almost broke up our friendship over me having a little bit of the cake. Like, I, like it was me and Chelsea, right? But anyways, like, I mean, you we were literally pissed. It wasn't a joke. Like, I was like, haha, this is funny. Like, no, she was literally about to have a mental breakdown about that. And while sounds yeah. so crazy, I remember I would get so freaking livid when I would come home from work and realize that that freaking Kevin, Gabby and I lived together in Chicago for a while and her partner had drank my wine Yeah, and I would be like, what the heck? Even though I could go get more if I needed to, like, of course I could always manifest more liquor, but it would literally (laughs) drive me into like a fit of tears. Yeah. I get
0: it. Yeah. And so for alcohol, I think, um, the difference for me with alcohol and food is that food wasn't so much like a mind altering substance as it was just the coping mechanism. With alcohol, I really was able to escape and I really was able to bury things that I didn't want to deal with. As long as I was under the influence, the things that I didn't really want to have to face didn't come up so much. I was able to hide. Right. Again, like the hanged man, I was able to hide behind all of these different masks and not have to really show up as my authentic self and deal with the situations and consequences of things that had happened prior. So when I stopped drinking and mind you for me, I'm so grateful that I already kind of started on my personal growth journey before right. I stop drinking. And like I've said before to you, my, my sobriety was a symptom of my spiritual journey. And so right. I'm so lucky that I had already started working on myself and looking for more ways to show up authentically and, and, and um, realize the lessons that had been brought to me previously, that when I found sobriety, I feel like it didn't hit me as hard as like, say, my giving up my food addiction Um, It didn't hit me as hard because I was more prepared, which again is why I'm so adamant about making sure that you have support and community and somebody there because it's going to feel crazy. You're going to feel like your whole world has shifted and it has, and that is super great, but it's going to feel a little crazy for a little bit. Um, And there are tons of emotions and things that come up as you are living life without a crutch basically and depression and, and things like that and you had mentioned pause earlier when we were talking so i, I would love yeah. for you to share more about what that is and what that looks like
1: yeah so i mean like th- the number one thing that i've had people come to me um and talk to me about when they're giving up alcohol because like i didn't i had like other things that i found along the way as i got sober where like alcohol was my number one thing And like my number one coping mechanism and addiction. But like a lot of times people will deal with, they'll, they'll get sober and they're like, they're like, well, like where are all the miracles? You know, like I haven't drank in, you know, seven days, sometimes 30 days. And they're like, why haven't I lost all the weight? Or why do I feel like I'm fucking going crazy? And it's like that they'll they'll feel super depressed, and it's like hold on like sobriety is a process of becoming who you actually are, which mm-hmm. also means shedding like you said the hangman uh, the hangman shedding the masks and honestly in early sobriety it's 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 um a consistent a consistent consciousness would you say that
0: mm-hmm. i mean I
1: personally would, and so a lot of the times like a lot of people don't realize even if they're not I mean, at the end of your drinking and at the end of my drinking, I mean, I wasn't drinking that much. I, there were, there, were, there was a way worse time in my life of yeah. drinking. And so I wasn't drinking that much. So I didn't expect to have any type of like withdrawals or anything like that. Yeah. And I, so I didn't have physical withdrawals. Um, personally, um I did have shakes and I would have headaches and stuff, but like it was nothing like too crazy um but what I did have is what people refer to as pause, which is post acute withdrawal syndrome, and so pause is basically like a lot of different things. Like it's irritability, it's sleep, it's like sleep issues, it's mood swings, it's trouble concentrating. It's like basically like when you take out alcohol, it's your body like now granted, like asterisk, I'm not a freaking doctor. But from my own experience (laughs) and working and working with other newly sober people and other sober people in general, in my experience is basically like the your body getting the toxins out of it and getting your hormones regular and like your your body going back to normal so for some people it might just be like a couple of weeks for some people it might just be a couple of months but pause can last I'm pretty sure up to a year and Mm. so a lot of times people will be like that's why like that's why like if you, you got to decide for you. That's why I think like, that's where the hangman energy comes in again. Like you've got to decide for you. You've got to sit back and you've got to pause with where you are in life and how you feel about your decisions and how you feel when you do certain things, because there's going to come a time in early sobriety where you don't feel anything at all, whether it's good or bad. And I'm Mm -hmm. sorry, that's the worst ever. When you're feeling melancholy, when you're not feeling super great about your decision and you're not feeling like you super hate it, when there's no emotions charging within you, that's the easiest time to slip off the path, Mm
0: -hmm. if you
1: ask me. Because you don't, you're not tied to wanting to drink really bad and having the courage to call somebody to talk you out of it or use or whatever. Um, and you're also not like, oh my gosh, I could never drink again. You're just like walking down the street. And a lot of times when we're not, when we're just walking down the street and we're not consistently conscious, that's when we end up walking into the old pub that we always used to walk into and ordering a shot of Jameson and then like shotgunning a beer outside with people. I don't know who would do that, but that would be something (laughs) I would do. And like, you know what I mean? Like suddenly you were like, whoa, what happened here? You know, like, so. But, like, the mental health thing, like, it can be rough. Like, you're going through what you don't realize, and this is what I tell people all the time, I'm like, you don't realize the mental, like, the mental anguish that you were going through when you were using and drinking Mm -hmm. and getting fucked up. Okay. Like you don't realize because you had that shield because you were like messing with obviously your mind. You were, you were altering your mind. You were altering like the way that you make choices, the way you can remember. So that's not fair. You can't say that now is worse than then, like let's, like usually it takes like really, I would tell people that are going through pause or feeling defeated or feeling depressed, like the number one thing that you can do is one, realize you're not fucking special. Okay. Like every, like I know that sounds really harsh, but it's true. Like you are not special. Everyone that's come before you has gone through the same thing. Like you will never surprise another drug addict or drug or alcohol or alcoholic um, in recovery with the shit that you've gone through. Yeah. Okay. Like you're not special. So accept that. And number two, call somebody because the moment you pick up the phone. you send a dm and like that's why we're here you know that's why there's several different groups um like aa too that's why aa is so great um even though like i'm not a member like i always tell people go there because like the more people that you can know to prove to you that you're not fucking special and you're not abnormal like the better okay yeah um so number one that number two call somebody and number three like There's, like, it's called HALT, I believe, and it's funny. It's, like, I heard this about something else, and then I realized it could also be applied to, like, sobriety, but it was, like, are you hungry? Are you, like, tired? Are you – I can't remember the A and the L.
0: Is it for babies?
1: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, we are babies.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. Let me look it up. (laughs) for addiction so are you are you hungry are you angry are you lonely are you tired like you should go through all of those different things yeah and so if you're not if you're hungry okay then eat if you're still feeling like you want to fucking use or you're pissed off like are you angry okay what am I angry about okay if you're really stubborn like me like I'm like I'm not angry it's just the world That is the problem. It's not me, you know, and like then you go down lonely, like that's when you pick up the phone or take a nap. Like I always tell people a nap is the quickest way to reset, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, like pause is normal. Look it up. Like if you're having those type of symptoms, if you're dealing with depression, like you need to realize that right now your body is resetting. And you also like I would recommend too to keep a gratitude journal daily. So that when you get, if you, if you get into that habit of, of, of keeping gratitude and finding things to be grateful about big and small, that when that shit happens, because it is a roller coaster of emotions, guys, like that's just, that's the real talk. That's what it is Mm -hmm. because you're resetting back when that happens, you've already trained your brain to look for the positive. And if you're having that difficulty, you can go back to that journal. Or you can go back to like finding that mindfulness. But um that would be my rant about that. The next <laughs> I, I feel like like really it leads into too, because like that's my number one advice is is relationships. And and I think that like being able like having to call people and, and being brave enough to be vulnerable, like it sounds like super easy when it's said, but I yes. understand why newly sober people. Are like what the fuck do you mean? You want me to call somebody? Like you know what I mean? Like like relationships are are like the are are one of the top things that have changed for me. How I interact, who I want to talk to, what I do. I I don't know if you want to chat about that.
0: Yeah, so uh, the, the first big thing was mental health. And then if you um, just didn't catch that, alley so smoothly sailed into the next topic that uh, the second thing that we wanted to talk about was relationships. And so for me, um, and this is funny, because for years, I was known as basically like the life of the party. I was loud. Everybody right. knew who I was. I talked to anybody, had no problem walking into a room of strangers and leaving the room with everybody knowing, maybe not my friends, but definitely knowing who the fuck I was. So um, for me, alcohol or drugs were a way for me to attempt to build connections. And these were all obviously very surface level. But um, again, like I've mentioned before too, my soul longs for connection. And so because I, I didn't build um, avenues or skills to build these connections in authentic ways when I was younger I was using alcohol as my bridge into building these connections with people and I also found and this could also be because I started drinking and the way that I would meet people was always under the influence that I had like severe social anxiety meeting new people without being under the influence of something is one of the even now seven months later it's one of the most challenging things for me which is funny if you knew me five years ago 10 years ago <laughs> um, yeah. to even think that I have any sort of um, you know hold back to meeting new people you'd be like you're so full of shit Gabby like we know who you are like no I'm serious um, but I've always found that the things that scare me the most are things that I will always put myself up to the challenge like skydiving I'm terrified of heights but I jumped out of a fucking plane like a year and a half ago, you know, Uh, the the ocean. I'm terrified of the ocean, but I went scuba diving. Um, Not being able to use food as a coping mechanism. I fucking cut out half my stomach. Like I I will take on these challenges. Uh, Not drinking for a long time was a challenge I did not want to take on though because I was so terrified of having to show up as who I was and maybe not be accepted too because that's fucking scary. Rejection sucks. And going through some of the trauma that I did as a child, feeling like, Um, I was abandoned, having to show up and have that be a possibility that people might not accept me for who I was and they might leave me is terrifying. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that kind of ties in mental health and relationships. But um, so now when I show up and and I'm hanging out with people I used to hang out with and I used to drink with all the time, because I do still hang out with that circle of people. And I've actually been really lucky that um, so many of those people have been supportive of my decision to stop drinking. And are still people now that I feel comfortable being around, like Perot, for example, my best friend for years, but we used to just get ship based together. We met at a party. Um, but I show up sometimes to, to circles where I, maybe I wasn't so close with everybody. They only know me as Party Gabby. And I'm not even, it still feels weird for me to show up and be like, I don't know who I'm supposed to be here because I don't remember now. I'm, I'm so far, I guess, removed from that part of, who I used to show up as that I don't even remember who the fuck I was when I came to hang out with these people when I was drinking, and I don't know who they expect me to be, so it's a f- complete mind fuck sometimes still to go hang out with people that are used to seeing me shit faced and just being like, "Hey, I'm Gabby <laughs> like <laughs> I know we like used to hang out, but uh this is me now, like you know what's up yeah <laughs> so it's- it feels like nobody knows who you really are. And that was also, I want to say with my previous marriage, that was one of the things that I said to my ex-husband. I said, you know, you don't even know me. I actually said this to him whenever we split up. I was like, you don't even know me. Before I got pregnant, we drank together all the time. And then I got pregnant. So you only knew me as pregnant, psycho- bitch because I was just so crazy with my hormones and just being sober for the first time. Uh, And then, you know, I was breastfeeding and that also does crazy shit to your hormones. And like, so at the end of all of that, you know, three years or whatever that was, I was like, you don't know me. Like, I don't even know me. And like, there's, you don't know me. You don't know who the fuck you married. You don't know anything about me really. Like I've never shared a shit ton of myself aside from maybe like a drunken rant or something. So feeling like, you know, nobody knows you that when you show up into these spaces that you might've gone to before, or you show up, um, and meet with people that are quote unquote friends that there might, it might feel like there's a total disconnect from, these relationships that you built before, and there's another thing too about like trauma bonding and bonding with uh, substances and making friends with just using, which is why it's so crazy that you and I are so close now, Allie, because we totally connected over just getting blackout drunk for years, you know? Right. Because um, I feel like our relationship is um, is something like it's a tr- it's a real treasure because of our history together. Um, but yeah, that th- this is. T- also, I think you share your story about how that looks for you because I feel, I feel like I can't be the only person who ended up showing up in all these spaces later and being like, uh, I don't know what the fuck is going on right now or who people think I should be. I also, that social anxiety wears its head a little bit and then I'm like, do people think I'm being weird now because I'm just standing here drinking by LaCroix? Like, <laughs> you know? Yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean... So I love, like, all of the stuff that you shared because I know, like, that's, like, a super real thing. Like, a lot of times, like, for me in particular, I feel like it was – I. so so when I first got sober, I, like, knew I, w- I didn't want to trade in my lifestyle. Like, if you were going to tell me that I couldn't travel and I couldn't go out to bars and I couldn't, like, hang out with my friends, like – then it wasn't going to work like because that's what i like to do like i i am an extrovert i love meeting new people like i love like i am like the queen of and gabby can attest to this and so can any of my other friends like i'm the queen of like going out to eat going to a bar like going wherever <laughs> and like yeah. within 5 minutes i know the bartender's life story And like we're like talking about deep shit that happened when she was eight years old, and we're like healing it, and like talking about her boyfriend, and now like now like I'm evaluating that like that's just who I am when I was drinking, and like now that I'm sober too, like I'm just still that person that does not know social boundaries, (laughs) and like, (laughs) like, I crave connection, and I and I connect with people like almost immediately, and like. So when people are like, oh, no, you can't do these things. I'm like, oh, my God, I can't even imagine a life of not going out to bars. I can't imagine a life of, like, not going out and seeing live music and all of that stuff. So, like, I mean, I broke the rules right off the bat. I was like, fuck you. I think it was, like, my first month of being sober, and I went to Vegas. Um, I mean, the first day I was sober, I went to a club, Mm -hmm. like – it was interesting for me. And I'm not telling people to do it that way, but that was how I had to do it. But what I learned as I continue to get more sober is like, and my, my partner and I talk about this all the time, like, I don't necessarily want to do all of those things anymore. Yeah. Like, yes, I love that. I have the freedom, right? I have the freedom. I have the power to choose what I do and don't do, but I don't necessarily need to go out till 3am anymore because I don't like going out till 3am. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do I like still love to talk to my bartender or my server about like their entire life, like a creep? Yeah, I do. That <laughs> still happens. Okay. Like it doesn't happen to every single one. And I don't like throw like when I used to get drunk, like I would like throw myself on like onto that person and like force them to crack open. And it's super embarrassing to think about. Like now, yeah, like connect like connected conversations, deep conversations are what drive me. Okay. Yeah. And so like what I realized was like no, I don't want to go out till that time. But like, do I love to, we just got back from vacation. Like, do I love to go out with my partner who does drink? Um, I, you know, like a very minimal amounts, like, he maybe drinks like maybe once a month you know um and when he does it's like two drinks but still like do i want to be able to do that sure yeah i do um if if he wants to tie one on in whatever way that is like i want to be there or whatever um <laughs> sure, that's great and tie one on for him is like having two drinks and like four appetizers and then us going about it at 11 stop so saying whatever.
0: tie one on <laughs>
1: It's just so funny to say now. <laughs> I'm like so old, um, but like, yeah. So I just I, I realized that that I wanted to do those things because I thought that those things were fun. And as I got sober, I realized what was fun and what wasn't fun. I also realized that like my number one driver, and I feel like everyone's number one driver is true connection. Yeah. So for me, I wanted to have all of these opportunities. Being newly sober and then also being a drunk, I thought that it was all like quantity, like quantity over quality. You know what I mean? Like Mm. the number of opportunities I had to make the connections or then, or like, you know, the first touches, then I would get that connection. But like now, like, I don't want to talk to people about the weather at a party. Yes. I don't like, I don't feel like talking to you about the shit that happened four years ago. Or like, honestly, this sounds really shitty, but like, I'm just on a new level spiritually. Like, I don't even really want to talk to you about politics, which is something crazy because all I used to talk about is politics a few years ago. Like, I don't want to talk to you like social issues or things like that. Sure, maybe. But like, I don't want, I realize too often that like these people that I used to think were my friends, like I have nothing in common with them. Or these people, not even just that, but like, these people that I thought I would want to make my friends, like, I'm like, yeah, I don't need you. I don't need your friendship. (laughs) Like, not in a mean way, but like, we have nothing in common here. And so I'm in a new aspect. I feel like this really, having the confidence to do this really came in the end of, you know, like, like, probably like the past five months where I'm like, no, I just don't feel like doing this shit anymore and like the one thing that I would tell people is a lot of times like my hobby was going out and drinking and I was really good at it until I wasn't and so what I would tell people newly sober is like got a fucking hobby whatever it is like get a hobby with other people and, like, no matter how weird it is, like, I know you're going to have that social anxiety. So get, like, a friend to go with you because I know that's real. Like, walking into a place not fucked up or not even having just one glass of wine, like, bro, I get it because I used to have a bottle of wine before first day. And, yes, it was a disaster. <laughs> so, like so – like, I get it, but like, you need to go and do it. You need to break the ice. And, and one thing that I need you to remember, and this is something I learned early on going to yoga class with you is find a friend that's willing to go with you and just go. Like we, Gabby and I went to like this cacao ceremony and like <laughs> Gabby has, is notorious for not telling me all the details of things. <laughs> and so we show up and it's like all, all about like feminine dance. Okay, and, like, that's awesome, that's cool, whatever, like, but, like, one thing you should know about me <laughs> is <laughs> I don't dance. Like, I do dance, but <laughs> you don't want me to dance, like, you know what I mean? And so, like, we're sitting there on our mats, and I'm like, oh, I cannot wait, like, I can't wait to see, like, how this yoga is gonna go, and suddenly, like, this woman comes in, and She like says that we're gonna be dancing and I just fucking look at (laughs) Gary and I'm like, you motherfucker. (laughs) It's like she's like and it wasn't even choreographed either. It's like I would have rather had a choreographed dance (laughs) which I also would blow. But like it was even worse where she's like, just feel it and whatever your body says, it's right. And I'm like, Oh, my God. And then we had to, like, turn and look at each other and, like, tell each other things. And it was so awkward, but I'm so glad that we did it because I felt like it – it made us closer. And then we met a lot of great people because like when you go to those things, like you always worry, like that was like that one thing, like to where I was so worried. I'm like, why did you bring me here? Like, I'm going to go outside in the parking lot and smoke so much. Like, <laughs> I can't even believe that you did this. And, um, but I stayed. And what I realized was like everybody, like all of those feelings that I had were coming from my ego. Like, yeah. Are these people judging me? Do they think I look like an idiot? Like, no, because they, like, they might think that I look like an idiot and rightfully so because it's an interesting process that I call dancing. Um, But they're also too worried about what they look like and what people think that they look about, like, think about them. Like, we're all in our own little thing. So, like, go to that fucking baking, baking class and crack a joke or say, hey, like, never been to a class like this before, you know? What's your name? Like be awkward as fuck because the person that you're talking to is also feeling awkward as fuck. Yeah. But like going out to bars, like I wouldn't recommend doing the things that I did because it's not the high that you're wanting to chase. Like it might seem like the high that you want and like the thing that you want, but like it's, it's not a real sustainable high, like true connection is. You know I mean? Yeah,
0: yeah, and I want to say too, um, just to put a little caveat to Ali's like going out to bars and stuff. I want to say that um, like there is no expectation for you to be able to go into those spaces and and feel comfortable. Uh, like for me, even now at seven months going out into a place where a lot of people are drinking around me can still be triggering. It doesn't matter how far I am into my spiritual journey and how far I am into my personal growth journey. There are days and I just want to be like, fuck it. I just want to go. Like if I was in the wrong place at at that time, then it would be nothing for me to just pick up a drink. You know what I mean? So I want to say that like, make sure that you honor yourself and don't put yourself in a situation that's going to feel like you're not able to get out of it. Like Yeah, or that you can't walk away and say no, you know, like be be mindful of what you're doing.
1: Yeah. Like I'm always honest about my journey because like honesty is the key, but I don't recommend it
0: to anybody.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I'm not people like, like I'm just a different person. Like that, but not, not in a good or bad way. Like we're all the same, but like the way that I had to learn was different in the situations that I, that I like shape my life and my reality are, are different. Like I, yeah. I would venture to tell people not to go out to bars at all. Um, yeah, but, but I also don't like that. Like I'm not going to tell you how to live your life because I know the first time that someone told me, what to do? I was like, yeah, no, bye.
0: You yeah. Know, like, so, yeah. <laughs> exactly. so,
1: like, I'm not going to tell you what to do. I am going to tell you that that was after, like, me, you know, really realizing, like, I'm so powerful. I'm not, I'm going to, like, start loving myself. Like, I'm going to do, I've always said that, like, I'm so powerful. I don't need anything outside of myself. Yeah, and so like that was where I was like I was on that mission of stubbornness if you will like I don't recommend that to every anybody and like if you can't be around people that are drinking there's nothing fucking wrong with you
0: yeah okay that's something I think that that's why maybe AA wasn't for me you know per se is just because I don't think that there's a one-size-fits-all and there's there could even be a one-size-fits-many because AA does work for so many people but I don't ever like to say that everybody has to follow this exact same role i mean i'm the same kid who got kicked out of school you know in fourth grade and then dropped out and ended up graduating from an alternative high school because traditional learning environments i was like fuck this you know so i i don't believe in this there's a single mold that will fit everyone yeah and that's why you know i want to say i just want to say that (laughs) you know what worked for ali might work for you what worked for me might work for you and what worked for both of us might not work for you at all. So don't feel like you have to fit some specific, you know, mold and that, that if it doesn't work for you, that you're failing at something because you're not. Like, yeah, try think- all the things and see what works. And like, when you find what works, it could even be a bunch of different things together because that's what works for me. Um, make it yeah, your own. I think
1: it's a lot like the hanged man energy. Once again, like, pause and like, truly figure out where you where the fuck you are like you know yeah. like where you are what your wants and desires are and i want you to realize especially if you're newly into sobriety or thinking about getting sober you might not even know what you like and don't yeah. like and that's yes. super <laughs> scary when you're like wait what i don't <laughs> i don't know anything like yeah. it's weird but like i want you to realize like there are people around you like once again you're not fucking special okay like you're not like everyone's been through that. Like, I remember I was like, I don't even have anything that I care about really that much. (laughs) (laughs) I'm good at, like, I used to be able to blow fire. Like, I I don't know, like I didn't know anything. And and so like, if you really enlist other people to talk about those things and just get brave about exploring, like get back to like being a kid and exploring stuff, like kids would do anything. And, and try different things out. You might sign up for something and absolutely hate it, but it's worth trying. Um, but I would definitely say like you, you need guidance from someone that might have a little bit more time than you, or even somebody that's at the same time as you, um, you know, just, just to have that community as you navigate. Um,
0: yeah.
1: but yeah, I mean, and that even goes into like the relationships that even goes into like the next aspect, which is,
0: sex one of my favorite topics <laughs> <laughs> i was um,
1: super reluctant to talk about this because i'm such a fucking
0: like baby <laughs> i
1: don't even know what the word is
0: so true. yeah so sex so like we only briefly talked about this but like so i lost my virginity drunk and high like i was not i didn't even start having sex over like sober sex for me, I was like, I don't even know what that means um, right. for years, you know, like until I was with a boyfriend for several years, did I even wade the the waters of sober sex, you know? And then for years, a lot of times, and, and, and I also want to say for anybody who might be listening to this podcast and you're not struggling with any substance abuse or anything, um, you might just be here for the spirituality or social issues or whatever, and you just happen to be listening through every episode. Like, for many people who are using substances, and again, this isn't all, if it doesn't apply to you, like, don't send me hate mail. Um, <laughs> for many people who are, who are struggling with substance abuse, uh, sex ends up being something that is, like, one of the risky behaviors that, like, people engage in while they're using, right? Like, um, so for years, sex was, like, I had so much drunk sex. I don't even... Right. You know, like, and that's part of the thing, too. Like, when you're figuring out what you like, well, a lot of that sex was also really bad sex. But, like, when you're drunk, you're just like, whatever, I'm just having sex. And then, like, I'm going to go pass out when this is over. Like, you know, like, I don't even know if I was just having sex because that's what I had started doing every time I was drinking was just like, like, okay, I'm getting drunk. I'm going to or I'm going to use whatever I'm using. And then like, I'm going to hook up with somebody and then like pass out and do it again tomorrow or whatever, you know? Right. Like, I don't know if that was just because it was part of the cycle, like that was part of the pattern that that's what I would do. Or if I like actually wanted to have sex, like I, I can't even like, I know it's only been seven months, but it's so hard for me to go back and think about when I was in the really hardcore in the middle of all of that, what my thought process was. Like, I don't even relate to that part of myself anymore i don't relate to that person so it's so hard for me to think about like when i was doing all of these things what was i thinking (laughs) like (laughs) like
1: right
0: like you know your parents always tell you don't leave with a stranger but like i would go to people's house from the bar that i did not even fucking know and like same how did i not end up like locked in someone's basement because that shit really happens i don't know but (sighs) <sighs> my God. Um, go I think ahead. About,
1: like the sex thing, like it's for me. Okay, like, and I want to be very clear. Like, I don't think I think that people need to be careful when it comes to having sex in in sobriety, and that me- meaning that like you really need to focus on your sobriety first because what I will say about my my sex life prior to sobriety versus my sex life now is like, I did, I I made really stupid promiscuous choices. Um, I was never fully present or vulnerable in relationships um, but was having sex, you know? And what I realized with that is like, I was the same reason why I was drinking like, my, my reason for drinking was always, like, I didn't think that I was worthy enough. Like, I didn't think mm. I was good enough. I didn't love myself enough. I didn't think I was worthy of love. I never thought that I was anything. And so I would drink heavily. And then as a result of that, I just wanted attention. Mm. So much attention and validation. But like, I would make some pretty promiscuous and stupid choices.
0: Um I want to be clear that we're not slut-shaming, though, because, like, yeah, I still no. like to have a lot of fucking sex, and I don't, like, it no longer is attached to the no. worth or the drinking. So I just want to be clear so nobody thinks that if we're talking about, like, being promiscuous and making risk risk engaging in risky behaviors that we're saying, like, sex is bad or something.
1: No, no. I think that the... That's not what I'm saying at all. However, me in particular, the reason, the choices that I was making, were not coming from an empowered place. I think there's a difference of, if you're empowered, um, and you're doing things because it makes you feel good. Um, or, or you enjoy it. Not that they make you feel good because if they make you feel, or if, if you're doing something because it makes you feel good aside from like actual orgasm, then you might need a journal on that because maybe you have a worth issue. Like, and I mean, like, it's funny, it is funny like saying it that way, but that is true. So for me personally, like I realized I was making a lot of these choices, like a lot of these decisions to show that I was worthy or try to like fill up this hole that like this gaping hole that I had in my heart. Um, but unfortunately that didn't work out. It actually was the opposite. And so, yeah, I mean, and then like taking alcohol out of it, like I didn't even know how to act. Um, thankfully, like I, I had a partner. Um, and once again, like a lot of times like my, like my partner helped me get sober and like I, it was a little bit, it was a little bit crazy, but he like held up that mirror and like refused to put mm. it down. Like I had to really see myself in like the most loving way, but like it was pretty rocky. And so like I had a partner, I couldn't imagine sobriety, newfound sobriety in dating. Like I think yeah. that's why there is, there is that unsaid rule that tells you not to date. Yeah you have to get through all of your shit? Why would you put yourself in that situation? You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, and it kind of goes back to like meeting new people. And when you've always kind of used a substance to cope and you're newly without that crutch and that mask, how, like that can be so intimidating to have to show up as your authentic self, newly raw and uncovered in your sobriety and meet someone new, like in a... I guess, you know, with the, with the intention of some sort of romantic connection.
1: Yeah. And I mean, like, honestly, I don't think that you should be having sex early on in sobriety either. Like, I, I mean, obviously it's all one size fits all because I've told Gabby the story. Like, I was like, I'm really reluctant to have this conversation. Yeah. Um, while I believe that it needs to be had because there's so many people that feel this, like, I just feel really uncomfortable having it. And the reason why is like, I mean, when, like, what really drove me out of AA was this, like, lady I didn't even fucking know, like, told me she was going to be my sponsor, and then she was like, hey, uh, you need to break, like, didn't even look at me, have a conversation with me longer than, like, 10 minutes. She's like, hey, you need to call your boyfriend and break up with him. You can use my phone. And I was like, who the fuck are you? Bye. Like, thank you for the ride. (laughs) See you never. And, like, she was so adamant about it. And, like, no. Like, you don't get – Like, I'm just all about the whole person and treating that whole person. And one size doesn't fit all. And so – But with that being said, like, I – I do believe that you should stay away from having sex when you're nearly sober, especially if you're not in a long-term relationship. I do believe that you should stay away from dating while you're least really sober, because I think that you're like meeting yourself again. And like, yeah. that is just such a special time. Um, That like, why the fuck would you want to bog yourself down with dealing with a relationship? Because I'll tell you like, Being in my relationship, it was really hard because, like, we didn't live together, and then I was sober for, what, like, a year and a half before we moved in together, and then that was, like, a huge growth, too, like, living together, and, like, I was, like, a really big crybaby, and I'm really selfish, obviously, (laughs) (laughs) the typical alcoholic, I'm really selfish, I'm always right, and if I'm not right, then I'm crying about it. And so, and I'm not very good at communicating because people should just read my mind because I'm always right. And so that, and so like communication has been really, really hard for us and awkward. And like, even being with somebody for almost three years, it's like, it's hard. Like he, he said to me, like, even like in the past couple of days, like, so why can't you just ask for clarity if you need (laughs) it? And I'm like, what do you mean? And he's like, Seems like you're wanting clarity and instead of just asking for it, you're really filling in your own blanks. And do you think yeah. that's conducive to our growth? And I'm like, listen, motherfucker, I'm the one that's about growth. You know what I mean? But he's right. And yeah. it's annoying. So like I can't even imagine doing that with somebody that hasn't seen it all. Because yeah. I mean yeah. What do you think about, like, in your relationship, like?
0: So I was going to say, like, my my current partner, like, we met also partying at my old house, the same place that you came to after Alexander's, like, cause it was, yeah. like, you know, I, I have so many relationships that have come from there. And so um, for me, uh, again, I'm so lucky that, my sobriety came as a side effect of my spirituality because if I hadn't already been on this journey of personal growth and discovery, um, like my partner does still drink too. I think it would be very triggering for me to try to find myself and to try to, um, to maintain my sobriety if I hadn't already been on that journey and created a community of people around me to support me and be there for me. And having you, somebody who at that point, when I decided to stop drinking, was already you know, had a little bit of time in sobriety to be able to be like, hey, like you can totally do this, (laughs) you know? So um, I think that's why that's my situation is unique in that way. Um, But I will say to you, I think that if I didn't already have a partner, I know how I am as a person and that I, for many, many years, rather than dealing with my own shit, not only was I drinking or using food and drugs, uh, I would use other people to bypass my own work, to bypass my own healing, trying yeah. to fix other people. So I think that that's something to think about too when you're newly sober. If you're if you're like, "Oh, I need to go start a new relationship and like start all these things over," well, make sure that your motivation for jumping into a romantic relationship or, you know, engaging in sexual relationships isn't that you're using that as a way to not have to hold up that mirror to yourself and deal with all of this shit. And, and, and with that hanged man, you know, sit with the consequences of where you are and have some accountability because that's so easy to do when you, you know, even building new friendships, if you're getting really close to somebody but it's only under the guise of you, you know, putting a magnifying glass on them and not ever doing your yeah. work and looking into oh, yourself. Yeah. Like be really careful about that when you're new in sobriety because it's it's so easy to just I mean, you don't want to be seven months in and then be like, Oh shit, like I don't even know what I did with these past seven months because I was too focused on Ron and we just broke up and now I don't know what the fuck to do. You know?
1: Ron.
0: i don't even know
1: thank you the moment you said that i wanted a jersey short um yeah it's like it's so true like that's the thing like we have to understand i think with all of these different things okay um you have to understand that we're humans okay so the way that we're coping with something that's brand new, like sobriety, like the way that we're dealing with it, you have to understand, like you're going to do these things that you know, aren't necessarily right for you, but you're just trying to protect yourself. Yeah. And it's just your unconscious mind. Like, so don't beat yourself up by any ways or by any means, but like be conscious of it. Like, that's why you have to consistently be conscious. That's why you have to be checking in. That's why, like, Though I don't necessarily love, like, I don't drive with AA. That's why there is that sponsorship. Yeah. Because you have somebody there that's holding you accountable constantly. Because when you're doing stuff on your own, you tend to bend the rules a little bit. Yeah. You tend to see things through whatever glasses you want to see. Like, you have to have somebody that's holding you accountable. That, like, That's showing you what's really true, especially when you're going through pause, like, especially when you're going through your first year, because shit can be tricky and your mind will do anything but deal with the hard shit. Yes. And that's why like you do, that's why I'm not necessarily mad at that lady that was like, call your boyfriend off my phone, even though it just didn't make sense. Like (laughs) I get what she was doing, but like you just want to, it's already going to be hard. Okay. It's going to be beautiful as fuck. It's going to be magical. It's going to be amazing, but it's also going to be really fucking hard. And the more shit that you carry with you on this journey, the harder it's going to be. The more distractions you have, the more turns you're going to miss, the more opportunities for growth you're going to delay, the more shit you're going to pick up. Okay. Like that's just, that's just real talk. So the more things that you can be conscious of, like, because, and it's worth it because if you're dating or you met somebody and you're newly sober, then like you can freaking hold off. Okay. Yeah. And like, if you guys are truly in love, then you can hold off and it's not going it, to, that, that four months, that six months, that year, whatever, like is isn't going to be anything. But I remember when that lady told me that, and I told her to like, basically fuck off. Like, you know what I mean? Like, so I get all of that. Like, you really have to sit in that hanged man energy and figure out what you want, what you don't want, where you are, and like f- figure out how to close in the gaps. And maybe dating Ron right off the bat <laughs> is causing you to keep the gaps open
0: type of Fucking thing. Fucking Ron.
1: Fucking Ron. But like, the thing is, <laughs> sober sex is way better though.
0: Yes. When you're present and you're able to tell your partner what you want and know that they're also listening and not thinking that you're just talking out of your ass because you're drunk, you know, like so much better. And, and the connection that's there Mm
1: -hmm.
0: because alcohol just creates this superficial connection. There's no real deep authentic relationship building happening when you're super drunk. Like there's just not like, if we didn't have conversations outside of drinking I don't think that we would have the friendship that we have, you know?
1: Yeah.
0: Like, yeah. It, it just, it it had to happen through building the relationship outside of drinking. Because, yeah. I mean, if you look back at our drinking relationship, it was a tumultuous, a tumultuous trash can of a fucking time. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like <laughs> our entire, like, when we were actually drinking together, what a fucking wreck. Like... <laughs>
1: I mean just drinking in general for me was a complete train wreck and I just yeah. didn't get it. But like yeah. that was the thing with me like I couldn't imagine all of these things like without it. It's, you know like so it's just crazy. But yeah like drinking like just just kills that connection. So it like just keeps getting better and better. Like the
0: sex. Yeah. And also with sex, I think with alcohol use, there's studies on this. Again, like neither one of us are doctors, so like just you know, asterisk that in there. Um, but alcohol actually can inhibit you from having an orgasm. Mm-hmm. Like who wants that? You know, they say like not whiskey neat. dick for dudes. Well, that works for females too. Like it can keep you from being able to achieve an orgasm. That's not fun. So you're just having all of this sex and with whiskey dick Ron, who fucking, you know, well, I guess if, if you and Ron are together after your soap, sober, hopefully he doesn't have whiskey dick anymore. But, you know, if you're having all of this sex, then uh, <laughs> with somebody who also isn't achieving orgasm, you're both just engaging in this act with no, there's no connection. There's no orgasm. Like, what's the fucking point? Dude.
1: <laughs> Truth. Like, that's – yeah, I mean, everything seems to be more vivid, more amazing. Like, in sex, in relationship, in in processing, like, in reality. Like, all of these three things. Like, yeah, they've completely changed. And, like, there are shadow sides to it, like, that you have to navigate. But, like, they're so much different and better
0: to me. It's just great. Yeah. You, it, it's It's – honestly – there's nothing in my life, even on my worst day right now, that I would ever trade for where I was 10 years ago, mentally, emotionally, with sex, with relationships, anything. There's absolutely nothing I would trade to go back to what I thought were some of the best times of my life. Really, yeah. you know, there's nothing that, would, that you, could, you couldn't you could give me millions and millions of dollars to go back there. There's You couldn't give me a trillion dollars to go back and live that way. You really Shit. couldn't
1: no if really and if couldn't. you did give me a trillion dollars to live that way i would still somehow fucking blow all of it at the bar <laughs> that's,
0: <laughs> that's true incredible. yeah if, if, I, if i was drinking and you gave me a trillion dollars it would be gone in a year you know like
1: <laughs> legit somehow
0: <laughs> so um, yeah
1: yeah but i mean like there's just that layer that's like another thing that i was just gonna say about like the sex like there's just this layer of vulnerability And so you just really want to be careful, like when you're going in, like, you just really want to know that when you're going into relationships, whether it's platonic or whether it's romantic, um, that it's going to be different and then it's going to, but it's going to be better. And so when you're showing up in those and you've already done the healing or you're working on the healing and you're showing up in those as your full self, it's so much more rewarding.
0: Mm-hmm. And bro, you can give yourself. You can give yourself an orgasm. Like you don't yeah. need Ron. Fuck Ron. <laughs> Love ah! yourself and give yourself an orgasm. And when you've done the work, go out and find a fucking Ted or a Jane and like, or whoever. Get rid of Ron. Ted? And by the way, Ron, if you're listening, I'm really sorry. Whoever but you I'm are.
1: Sorry about the Ron. <laughs> but,
0: but
1: I mean, like, if you're listening think you need to sit with the hangman energy for a minute and make sure. <laughs> you're not doing those right things no but yeah i mean it's just like so much more beautiful but you just have to understand that like it's really honestly to me like sobriety is a journey of of self-love and yeah. a lot of people think it's about the alcohol or the drugs Mm-mm. and that's Mm-mm. like literally just the fucking
0: tip of the iceberg bro Um, do you have some, something that you want to ask the listeners to sit with this week or, um, you know, anything?
1: I mean, I think with the hanged man, I had an idea before we got on here. And honestly, I just really think, I think with the hanged man energy, um, the cards kind of made that decision for us. And so I believe that the call to action when you're listening to this, I believe it's time for you, no matter what stage you are in your journey, whether it's you have been sober for years or months, or you're thinking about getting sober, or you're thinking you're considering spirituality, like wherever, wherever, the wherever you are on your journey, there's no excuse. You need to sit with yourself for a minute and just like check in. And I, and I would say quiet your mind a little bit, um, and and just think and 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 reflect. What about you?
0: Yeah, no, that sounds great. I was gonna say, you know, if I had to say anything, it would be to just just sit and take a minute to look at your circumstances, look where you are right now, and take accountability for where you are whether you feel it's good or bad or you're able to sit there without judgment just look at it and and be able to know that like you brought yourself to this point and you're in control and if you're feeling like your circumstances aren't so great right now that you're in you have the power to maybe not physically change your circumstances but always to change your perspective
1: yeah And I mean, once you change, once you shift your perspective, that's where all the other beauty comes from, which I'm sure we'll be talking about shortly. But yeah, I mean, I would sit with that energy and I would really think, and I would just, I I would, I would take some time to just, to just remind yourself how amazing you are. Yeah. um, No matter where you are.
0: And we'd just like to remind you to please subscribe to our podcast, leave a review on iTunes. Connect with us on social media. at